Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This week I want to introduce you to three people. First of all to Michael Waldron who has been my co-conspirator, my teacher, my journeyman and investigator, time traveller, friend, colleague and keeper of curiosities over in the Crawford Art Gallery where he works as a curator. So this week I got called in earlier than usual in the morning to meet up with Mike where we were sent to a room belonged to another keeper of curiosities, Anne Chumley, the acting registrar in the Crawford. So in the secret room, we were in the company of a photographer, Claire Kyo, who was recording the event to publicise the forthcoming 100th anniversary of the work of the week. Which leads me to the other two names I wanted to tell you about, Bob and Joan. Joan was in Mike's hand at the time when I arrived, and Bob was looking on respectfully. While Claire was taking photographs for the photo shoot, Mike was telling me all about the story of Bob and Joan and how they'd got there. Bob and Joan's walk? Yeah. Up in Shandon. Okay. So Bob and Joan, they're the originals, used to stand where the, the hostel is there now, Kinley House, yeah. and they were either side of the gateposts on top. <laughs> and it was the green coat school. That's right, I think so. Yeah. And so they had their uniform was a green coat. Uh, we don't know why they were called Bob and Joan, but they got the name Bob and Joan, <laughs> and then Bob and Joan's Walk was named after okay. them. And then Bob and Joan, the originals were put into Shandon Steeple and Bob and Joan, the ones we have here, yeah. are miniature plaster versions. Can I show you a tiny bit this yeah. way, guys? And if I bring you a little bit closer to me, I'm just going to shoot through the door. Thanks for yeah. that. Okay. So the, the plaster versions are by Seamus Murphy. Ah. And he used to pass them every day on his way to the yard in Blackpool. So he would go from the stonemason's yard in, in Blackpool. Are you okay holding her? Do you want to put yeah. her down? Because I'm going to ask She's super light. But we could do... I know she's not the 100 object exactly, though. No, I think she was... She was pre-radio days. <laughs> <laughs> she was in 2019. She was, yeah. yeah. For the website. Yeah. The website was on longer than... The work of the week existed before... There's about 212... Yeah. Works of the week. Now. Works of the week. All together. Yeah. But we've done pretty well, so this week is 99, right? <laughs> yeah. No, Mike didn't know I was actually recording him because I was using a mic as a prop for the photo shoot. So I just hit the record button. But I told him when I went downstairs to the, I called it the Casanova room. 
the Canova Room <laughs> to look at this week's Work of the Week. <laughs> oh. One thing I always loved about the Crawford was that it was a great place of solace and silence. But at the moment, the sound of the street is literally creeping in through the windows into the front gallery. The, the Casanova collection, is it? The Canova. Sorry. Um, Cas- <gasps> Ooh, Casanova collection would be very different. <laughs> oh, I'm actually looking at the word Canova, beyond Canova. And I said, Casanova. Sorry, Canova. OK, that's this week's error of the week. <laughs> I mean, they loved things in different ways. Yes, OK. <laughs> oh, moving swiftly along. We just literally spent the last hour upstairs and I've just done a little piece there of you talking about Bob and Joan, which is interesting because Bob and Joan would be known for around both Shandon area and our next piece would have a connection there as well because there's a certain song about the bells of Shandon. That sounds so grand on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it rhymes with Shandon. So... This week's work of the week is by, you've just told me, a McCroom man of a very, very famous man that Cork knows about. We all do. <laughs> if we don't know his name, we know his nickname. If we don't know his nickname, we know at least one of the things he wrote. Yeah. Work so, in reverse, so what's yeah. his name? And then we'll go to the nickname. So his name was Francis Sylvester Mahoney. No, I wouldn't know who he was if you said that to me in a quiz. Who is Francis <laughs> Sylvester Mahoney, born 1804 and died 1866? Haven't a clue. <laughs> well, he was known by his pen name, ah. and his pen name was Father Prouse. <laughs> <laughs> that I do know, yeah. And what was Father Prouse? Best known for, I suppose. Back in the day, best known for the writings, the relics of yeah. Father Prouse. Yeah. But of course, to people anywhere, the Cork anthem, The Bells of Shandon, was written by him. Since then, people have set it to music and turned it into that, yeah. Yeah. that lilting song. An anthem yeah. of someone writing from sort of artistic exile, the graw for home, this city. That's the way songs were written in those days, wasn't it? Yeah, you were always crying about being away from home because millions of us were at the time, yeah. And that's how the songs brought you home, you yeah. know. It's almost like the four green fields, you know. But here, looking at the bust, a marble bust? It's a marble bust carved in 1890, so after Father Proud himself was gone, as you said, by a McCroom artist. We're talking way back in the 19th century here. Richard Barter was born 199 years ago in McCroom. You know, he studied in this building, what was then the Cork School of Art. He went to Dublin and London, eventually settled back in Blarney. So he had quite an interesting life. Came full circle for him, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very drawn to this part of the world. The one thing that catches me is... When you say Father Prout, I have this feeling of like an older man or all that. This is a very youthful looking bust altogether. It looks like a young man in the it, prime of life. He's a young man. He, I mean, he's an amazing receding hairline. Okay. <laughs> and a bit of a mullet going on. He, is, he looks like a very personable guy. Quite known for his fierce intelligence, his caustic wit... He could really throw in a barb <laughs> when he wanted to. And he wrote for Fraser's magazine in London. The writers of Fraser's were 
Charles Dickens, William Makepeace Thackeray, fellow Corkman Daniel MacLeese illustrated it. William Magan, a Cork poet, was its editor at one point. Father Prout, or Francis Mahoney, also was, was editor for a time. So it was a really important publication in the middle of the 19th century. And so that wit, that intelligence, and probably that kind of Divilment <laughs> that you, you associate maybe with Cork is very much in, in this marble face that so we're looking at. He was smack bang in the middle of the London literary set, which was the capital of the world at the time, really. Yeah, I mean, the Fraserians, as they were known as, so the mm. Fraser's magazine, you know, it, it included all of those luminaries we've, we've named, but mm. also Thomas Crofton, Croker, and others, you know, people who were, were kind of household names of the day. Yeah that we might not remember as so much now, but they were an important expression of Irish character, Irish identity. Mm. And, and as, as I said, maybe divilment, you know, the sort of, that kind of satirical take on the world, which we can trace back to Jonathan Swift, Irish people going to, to London in particular, mm. and sort of making a name for themselves. Oscar Wilde would be in that bunch as well, you know. Speaking of Oscar Wilde, <laughs> obviously he had a connection with... Paris and France. So too did our man here, if he doesn't mind us talking about him. <laughs> well, I mean, Father Prout, as he was known as. And incidentally, Father Prout was a real person from Tipperary okay. who he knew. Right. And when Father Prout actually died, he took this name <laughs> and pretended to write as him and pretended to be writing from a, a chest of documents that he had left behind. <laughs> so, I mean, it was all just playfulness. But yes, so Francis Mahoney, he had trained as a, as a cleric ah. and he had trained at Clongos, Clongos Wood under the Jesuits and then he went to Amiens in France. He left that behind him to become a writer and editor but he was a journalist so in the later part of his career he moved to Rome and was a correspondent for a newspaper there and then he moved to Paris for the end of his life and that's where our French connection comes from he had already been there as a, as a younger man and then sought out his days in, in, in Paris Well I'm going to see out this week's work of the week by going out into the street and we're just listening to the sounds of the city just outside the gallery. Do you want to go for a walk? Yeah, and maybe we'll hear Shandon Bells. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you can see it from here anyway, from the door, can you? You almost can, I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. Definitely from Half Moon Street. Now, I also want to use this as an opportunity. We haven't quite celebrated 100, but we're very close, aren't we? We're at 99. 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why we had some photographs being taken this morning to publicise the fact that the 100th episode will go out on the 12th of February, Sunday the 12th of February. But in the meantime, this is the sounds of Cork. What a hum. <laughs> Can you hear that? Well, Cork City Council are cleaning the streets. <laughs> uh, we have a man painting on the street. And it's the hustle and bustle of modern times. What would Father Prout write about now? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. You know. But if we don't watch it, we're about to get swept up by a giant <laughs> hoover. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million. Thanks, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> and so we all lived to tell the tale. That's the tale of Mike and Bob and Joan and Claire 
and Anne, and Diane as well, who was there too, looking after the publicity. And my thanks to the Crawford for organising this week's photo shoot of the week. <laughs> See you next week for the 100th edition. <laughs>